I would like to announce a new community for the podcast and how can you support this podcast with Patreon. Now we have a community at Patreon, patreon.com or Jessica You Podcast. We have tiers to provide you with many different ways to help the podcast and receive some perks and benefits. Also, you can search us with a tier that costs literally the price of a coffee. It would help a lot of the cost of the podcast, but also to have exclusive content, get-togethers, and all kinds of perks in the future. We have already set up many tiers that you absolutely will enjoy. I would like you to check, and I can't wait to see you there. Again, patreon.com forward slash or just podcast. I'll see you there. Hey you, we are here with episode 31. I can't wait for you to hear uh, Bocani. She's an artist that lives in London, the UK. And it was a very interesting talk because she has talked about so many new techniques that are to come and about technology and art. And I want to read a little bit of her bio. Her techniques involves urgent gesture movements, exploring and responding to colors as they interact on the canvas. She believes in integrity, freedom, and honors of abstract painting. She has developed a method over several years of creating rational patterns that lead to the viewers across the painting and reminiscence of the dancing African printed cloths of her childhood. We also talked about women art and as a black artist, how is, you know, that difference from the already hurdles we have as artists and about galleries and the difficulty that black artists have entering uh, the gallery space. It was so nice to talk to her. You enjoy a lot this conversation with Bukani. Let's get started. Welcome to the Artistically You podcast, where mixed media art is a place for all. Here, we are going to talk about art as a mindful practice, connect with our creativity, and embrace curiosity. This is your host, mixed media artist, Jana Oliveira. Hey, oh. Bacani, so nice to have you here, finally, right? Finally. Thank you. I'm delighted to speak to you. Really have to speak to you today. I was Thank looking you. forward for this conversation today, and I so appreciate you coming to the podcast and talk a little bit about your art. And if you guys are listening to this, you can go to YouTube, and I'm going to show her art as well. So if you just want to go there later and just take a peek of her art, but we're going to also share her Instagram and everything that you can take a peek or her website and all the beautiful art that she has which i'm very intrigued to talk about (laughs) thanks so much but bokani first tell people where are you talking Mm. to me from i'm dialing in today from london i live in east london so that scene is really the creative part of london so a lot of people uh, working in technology <laughs> and in the arts, um, tend to live in this area. So it's, I'm it's, home. A, it's a very good area for artists, right? It's great. It's superb. Even during lockdown, you know, I could mm. walk around, you know, when I went to buy food, all the street art in my area was mm-hmm. always changing. So, you know, even in this time when we couldn't go to galleries, mm-hmm. I still felt like I had access to real live art all around mm-hmm. me um so that was really cool so i will have a question about that but before that tell people <laughs> what kind of artist you are we're gonna show a little bit of your art but just tell them 
Absolutely. So I'm a multidisciplinary artist. So I use mostly paintings, uh, acrylic paintings, and I make abstract works with them. Um, I also have a practice where I'm developing a, a, a technique of using clay as the underbasis yeah. of my painting and then painting on top of that. Um, and I can share a bit more about that. Yes. And I know you love your multimedia. So yes. um, my other like side to the practice is these mirrored um, paintings that I'm using stained glass paint mm. on a mirror. And, mm. and that's really changing how we think about abstract paint. Mm. But also, I wanted to think about light and how to use light within a painting mm. um, and reflection and how to bring the viewer into an artwork. So those are my painting practices. And I've just finished uh, a master's in computational art so using code and technology to make installations or video games and <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, it's kind so... of like using art in this digital platforms is that more like m making art with technology so an oh, algorithm to make yes. a painting that's self-changing so VR, I are right or maybe vr exactly yeah 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 so mm -hmm. um, you can make it for VR or you can make it for your phone. So you have a painting on wow. your phone that is constantly moving and changing. So what I develop, I might not know what it will look like in five years. Right. And it's so mm -hmm. amazing. So they have a master's now about that. Yeah. yeah Isn't yeah. that amazing? So, and it's been going for like 10 years. So the oh master's program has been going for 10 years. And But galleries aren't yet showing it for many reasons, and we can talk mm -hmm. about that as well. Yeah, because it's Is it's it? a new world, it's a new yeah. way of making art. But we spend so much time in technology that for me, it felt important to understand uh -huh. technology today. It's like mm -hmm. being Monet and not using painting from a tube, because that technology was developed at that time. You know, so exactly. of course it changes how yeah. you make art and what art we end up seeing. So just a tangent here. Mm. If I'm totally wrong, just correct me. Yeah, Is that yeah. something related to the rise now of NFT? It's different um, oh. because NFTs are usually like digital collage, right. as far as I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, whereas this is artwork where like it will be a painting or the equivalent of like graphics moving or light changing mm. based on an algorithm and so more wow. than it's even more computational i would say argue mm -hmm. than an nft an nft is almost like a receipt or a contract to say right. this artwork is yes. this yours file. yeah you know mm -hmm. and it's yours um mm -hmm. whereas yeah these works are made using technology to be viewed within a context of technology so are you starting to work on something like that? I don't know. It feels too soon. Um, I literally really? had my degree show this summer and uh -huh. um, in September. And I just, I think, I think you could start playing with it and yes, getting people interested and, in that. It, it seems fascinating. It was. I mean, for my degree show, I made like this robot that had like a camera in it and you could drive it around. And I made it like with a wire, um, like a, a wire car, like you get in toy cars that kids make in Zimbabwe and I don't know, maybe in Brazil as well, like poorer kids who can't afford like toy cars, they make yeah. their own toy cars. Yes. So I put a, a robot in that and wow. I put a neon shell. So I'll send you the, 
the photo of that. Yeah, as well. I can put on the blog post of this uh, episode for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, it's yeah. just fascinating stuff. I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's isn't that amazing? I know, I know, people like to talk bad about technology and the Ooh. internet and all that, but I see so many good things about. It. I mean, we could not talk yeah. if it was not for that, right? Right. Right. I mean, how could I find you without an Instagram? Instagram has a good yeah. sites. Yeah. We know it does. they do things we don't like, but yes, we can connect. We can connect. Yeah. I mean, and part of the reason I made that artwork is because I wanted uh, to talk about the conflicts of mm -hmm. technology, the fact that it can be fun and playful and seductive, but also for it to be, you know, um, to challenge some of the things that we see in the world and to better understand them so that it's not like a mystery. And exactly. that's something I really like to do with work. I like people to see it and go, what is that? How does mm -hmm. that work? And to start from that curiosity, because I think mm -hmm. that's much, it opens up much more interesting conversations. Mm -hmm. And just as we introduce it here, People can go to your website and see all your yeah. artwork or portfolios. And by the way, when you were talking about clay, we're going to talk more about that. Definitely. But <laughs> I was like, what? Clay? <laughs> I was like, I mean, so people, uh, her website, if you are listening to this, it's art by Bocani, B-O-K-A-N-I-N-Y.com. And she has, you can see all her portfolio there and everything. So, but definitely I'm going to be putting this on the blog post as well, all the pictures so you can see, but I would definitely uh, go to her website. So just going back a little bit to the, uh, how long have you been as you are a full artist now, right? So how long have you been doing this? Yeah. So I work uh, three days a week for a climate charity. And mm. as we talk, I'm sure you'll see where that comes in. <laughs> so that I do that three days a week. And um, but I've been painting for about uh, 12 years now. And I started because I was working in this really intense job. So as a child, like I I was very lucky in that most things I understood at school. Mm -hmm. You know, I really loved school. I have a very curious mind. I liked maths. I liked English. I liked poetry. You know, I liked sciences. And all this comes into my artwork. And I felt really like yeah. art is the only thing where I, I can bring all of that. We know, can see that. Mm -hmm. Like history and like my interest in, in politics. Like all of that can be brought to art. Mm -hmm. But I was working... You know, I'd gone to school, uh, high school here in the UK, uh, then gone on to university or college um, and ended up in this banking internship. So we took a year mm. out to go and work in an investment bank. So very high pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm ambitious. So I'd just gone for <laughs> like, what's the best job I can get? You know, yeah. um, and I really worked hard. But I was so unhappy there, you know, mm. and I felt a real sort of internal conflict about it because mm -hmm. this was a job that like someone with my background. So I'm adopted by my aunt. Uh, my mm -hmm. parents passed when I was a child. And, you know, she's a single mom. She's a nurse. So she's worked very hard to bring my sister and me up. Yeah. And she didn't want us to have to work the way that she's been working all her yeah. life. So the conflict I felt was like this, you know, am I ungrateful because I've been given this mm. job that like everybody would want? I'm earning more than my parent at mm -hmm. 19 years old, you know, right. 
Um, but I'm so unhappy and I didn't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a colleague at work, and at this point, by the way, we hadn't as a child gone to art galleries or any of that. So I was, you know, 19 and they're like, you know, yeah. why don't you go to an art gallery? And I was like, what? Okay, yeah. fine. I grew, um, I grew up, I grew up also very poor and I never, I never even knew what this was about. This was such right, a far concept us. for us, yeah. right? Yeah, such exactly. a far concept for me. I mean, my exactly. father could not even buy meat. I don't eat meat today, but at that time I ate as a child. And it's like, my father could not even buy meat to eat. That's, this is it. So this is how it. can we think about books or art? Um, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll really get this conflict that I felt of like, well, now I've got this job. Now I've got, you know, where my To help the family, could- right? The dream, also, you know, yeah. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So now how do I turn around and say, this is killing me. This is, you know, mm-hmm. a job that is so narrow in focus because it was so repetitive mm-hmm. and it wasn't making society rich. It was making like a few people. Yep. You know, it's true it today. Make- still true today and this was like 2008 i was in um during the banking crisis right Mm -hmm. and so i'm watching all this finance world and i'm like this is not for me Mm -hmm. and a friend recommends i go to the gallery and then a couple of weeks later they come up with like a painting course for young professionals Mm -hmm. and as a way of really building resilience and as a way of dealing with stress in a more positive way than like alcohol and drugs right so this was a way I could just let go. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I started with abstract painting because I didn't think I could draw. It's different, I can, mm. but I didn't know that at the time. And when we moved to the UK, I went to school and I was behind on, you know, a few subjects. So I never mm-hmm. um, had art lessons at school. Instead, I did like all mass physics, et cetera, to catch up. But I, I used to be a cleaner at school because we, like I said, you know, I didn't have very much money. So my part-time job is after school, I would clean mm-hmm. and I would clean the art room. So I'd have these conversations with the art teacher, oh you know, cause she, she was really talented and what she got out of the students was incredible. So this was like really my first exposure is like one I'm cleaning wow. this, you know, like, I, you know, and, and I'm lucky I went to a great school because I could be the cleaner after school, but I wasn't bullied, you know, like mm-hmm. people, I still had like respect from my colleagues and from That's my great. teachers, you know, um, and people were very open and very welcoming. Um, but I didn't think this is a career. That's an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but and- like, did you, did you bought some things and start playing? Like, or only, did you watch when I did class that or did you, when I was, yeah. So when I was on that internship, when oh, I was in okay, banking, okay. that's the first time okay. that I bought some things and started playing. And even then I used to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. So I would make paintings just so that every day there's something that is beautiful that I have made mm-hmm. because I felt like all that had changed in my everyday in that year was a, an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, yeah. I can't live like that you know like i've changed one spreadsheet at work on a computer like that's the only way you know that bakani was Mm -hmm. here today and um, but it's so amazing that sometimes 
I believe that people feel that urge and that call, mm. right? Uh, but they think, okay, if I cannot be full time, I cannot do it. Yeah. And yeah. you have another job that I think also is a very, uh, it, it gives you that, you know, good Hopefully. thing to work with. Because yeah. I yeah. think that must be amazing to be able to help and to work with yeah. climate change. Yeah. And um, I for sure would love to, to work on something like that. So, yeah. but then you can work on your art and grow your business art for you don't need to give up things and you don't need to be stressed because then you yeah. bring to art another stress i have to pay we have to right. pay bills right sure. i have to pay for my sure. rent i have to do uh, yeah. no you can look for another thing that gives you pleasure and yes. work on your art because yeah. we know it's hard it is so it is. and uh, that's amazing that you I think your story shows that okay we don't need to give up everything and be yeah. tortured and pressure because then what's going to happen is they're going to bring to you the same stress that you had on your other job yeah. right exactly. so but your art um, let me show a piece here mm -hmm. let me see and yeah. It's just so vibrant and if you are listening to this I'm showing a very abstract pen it has tones of deep blue light blue yellows and oranges some deep red I know it seems it seems that are like what all these colors but they go so well it's so unique how how did you start to flourish that style is that do you use brushes or it seems a little bit of a mixture of fluid paint um, I don't know. Tell us how, how it okay. came about. You know, I, so this is part of what I love about my practice is that it brings people into it and they go, what? How? You know, it's very unique. Because it's so detailed, like some of the, the gestures um, move and mix color. So it is, you're right. It's a mixture of, of flow, fluid painting and pore painting. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I like that because, um, like I say, when I first started painting, I wanted to do something where I could release and I wasn't so in control of everything. Mm. So I like the pouring of the paint and the most control I have is in the color choice and palette. Right. But even then, I like to mix the paint on the canvas. So I'm not like mm. deciding, make, mixing colors before. I, I, I do have to water them down. I use acrylics and I do have to water them down to get that viscosity, to yeah. get that liquidness in them. But do you use I mean, like, the heavy pad and then you, you dilute it? Or do you work yeah. with flow acrylics? Yeah, yeah, I use the heavy ones and then I dilute a little bit. Yeah, because um, I, sometimes I think the flow acrylics, I mean, they are great. But sometimes they are yeah. too liquid. You know right. what I mean? You cannot control. Exactly. And I think if you take the heavy body and then you can control how much, exactly. you know, you want them to go fluid. Because sometimes exactly. I think the, the flow acrylic is, and the high flow is just, basically water kind of consistency <laughs> so it's just like you can't control yeah, no, exactly. anything it's exactly. almost like transparent yeah so but i wanted i wanted to have a little bit of um so this uh is interesting i'll and i'll come back to that because that's painted on a plastic like uh window pane um oh. and again this i've mixed way more viscosity and i've let the paint run a lot more than i normally would yeah so um, i'm showing here just so people that are listening i'm showing oh, here yeah. one that is um it doesn't have the strokes like the previous one but it's mm. more almost like a c kind of effect 
and it has again uh, reds, deep reds, pinks, and blues, and black. Um, it's just beautiful. It's breathtaking. So I use balloons to then structure and move the paint. I used to use palette knives um, mm -hmm. because, again, I felt really intimidated by like brushes <laughs> and like oils. And it's funny. It, Some it, people have trouble with brushes. Yeah, I know what is that they just use or cards or yeah. uh, knives or, exactly. you know, uh, use my fingers I used to use my hands initially to make the work because yes. what I like doing is like sculpting I hope painting. you're using gloves I wasn't I know <laughs> it's fun oh, no. I know it's fun <laughs> even with, when I make the clay paintings I now use gloves because that's it sticks to your hands and dries so, you know so in UK do you use golden what brand is I don't know if golden there is expensive um, it is <laughs> It is. I use that. Well, it's expensive so here, but it's made here. So I was wondering if there, do you have access or it's too expensive? We do. No, we do have access to it. Um, and it depends on the, the work that I'm trying to make. So I use System 3 just because I found it really easy and like accessible to work with. Often I work on paper because I find um, the porousness of the canvas, mm -hmm. even just the little grooves, because the it really matters how paint moves on the surface. Mm -hmm. I find that like even the little grooves of canvas can sometimes be yeah. a challenge. Um, Do you use so wood as well? Have you ever painted on wood panels? I have. I have actually one of my earliest. I works, love wood um, panels. My friends have it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a four seasons. Um, mm -hmm. And each season is um, is on, on a panel of wood um, that I, I reclaimed and recycled. So how did you start to see, okay, I started to say style because I see a very distinctive mm. style. And when mm -hmm. I say style, I'm not just saying about the way the paint looks, but your colors. Mm. I think you have a very distinct palette that I can expect. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. was that something that came fluid with you or do you thought about, okay, I'm going to work m mostly with this palette. I'm attracted to this mm -hmm. palette and I'm just going to do mm -hmm. subtle variations of it. How, how mm -hmm. did that came up? So it's a really interesting question because when I first started, um, I really never used like reds or yellows. I started mm -hmm. with just with blue and white. And I used people to are afraid that. of reds. Some people are oh afraid of gosh. reds. You know, it took me a really long time to... Mm -hmm introduce red like warmer colors so really i was painting with blue and white and like that was yeah, it and and it was very very minimalist in that mm -hmm. well <laughs> I, my work is very maximalist because of pattern yeah and movement right but um that was one discipline and i found that as actually during lockdown was the biggest time that mm. i wanted a contrast to the sort of fear and I wanted to work in a from a different place mm -hmm. so I was like have courage like life and the world oh, yeah. is unpredictable yeah. so really have courage and and start to push so that was mm -hmm. really the first time that I began to really use these more vibrant um tones in the work mm -hmm. and I think um my use of the like balloons to get this texture to mm -hmm. um that again was maybe tw late 2018 2019 mm -hmm. i started to find oh this is this is my like signature like this is my language 
um, for something clicked, about, right? Something it, clicked. It just it clicked, but after like years, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It takes, it and, takes time. Um, but it, it it really clicked, and I'm lucky. I have friends who are very supportive of the work. Um, exactly, and so like once you start to get these like movements, and I like mm -hmm. dancing around like the canvas. Yeah, things. that's what I see. I'm showing here another piece. This is one of my favorites. I love, I, I've seen this kind of movement in your pieces. I mean, you know, I am a more of a botanical painter. So yes, I see yes, flowers. Yes, I don't know, yes. maybe people see other things. Yeah, but when you have this you. kind of shapes, and I'm showing here, she has some big shapes. The background is kind of a dark blue and has mm -hmm. some, I would say, red orange. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, you kind of take the complementary colors and work with that and it's just it's just exquisite i, I just don't have words i'm sorry oh, but so, it's so kind Thank so you. this i've seen this shape is very like i don't know it's it's very you in your art so mm. is that you move with the palette knife is that how you do it no i move with the balloons you know like um oh wow um because they don't um, the way the paint sticks to a balloon because of the, the rubber is very different from how it sticks to a knife. And you can't, I couldn't, I tried, I tried. I tried to get this this curve, this like organicness, like from a knife or from a brush, and I couldn't do it. So I had how to find How did you have that knife. idea to work with balloons? Oh, I definitely researched. I was looking different painting <laughs> techniques on Instagram. I was looking I on YouTube. I never heard about this. I, you know, and I was like, okay, pouring is really instinctive. Mm -hmm. Color palette, for me, that's something that comes naturally. Mm -hmm. But the gesture, like the shapes yes. that I want to create mm -hmm. are like, I'm stuck. And so, exactly. So this is really, again, when I want to create these like, like feathery, floral. Yes, that's like, the word, fish, feathery. You know, there's like these there's always these movements there's like mm -hmm. movement in nature and it really i think i made one or two paintings very small and i was like this is what i want to do <laughs> this is what i want to say do you um, so for people that are not on video i'm showing here another piece that yes exactly has the same to me to me you know everybody looks at our art and says something different this flower feathery kind of shapes um very unique and i love that in this piece you have some hints of two but again i see over and over again that deep blue with some black i think that gives your pieces a unique kind of background because you're kind of helping the other colors to emerge, right? Because when yeah. you're surrounding them by this deep color, then you have, again, this red-orange color. And it's just amazing. Do you have prints of your art or you just sell the original work? Yeah, so I do prints as well. Um, and more recently, I've started doing um, prints. And the way that I do prints, I don't take a whole painting. I will focus on a small part of the painting mm -hmm. and I'll crop it. Kind of like... I think of it as a gardener will go into the garden and they're not yeah, taking yeah. the whole garden, putting it in a vase, right? Like they'll take a few flowers and highlight that. And then that's what I will show as a print. Um, I and I know it's not what everybody does. It's how I choose to work. In I, part. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> when you live with one of my paintings, you always come back and each part will 
feel different or will look different. And there's right. always the way that light falls on it might highlight different parts. And that's what I, I kind of want to express. See, yeah, I said bit. that that one was my favorite, but now I'm like in love with this one. <laughs> I can't stop it. So tell us a little bit about this photo and you can go to her Instagram sure. again uh, at Bokani, B-O-K-A-N-I. And, and you got an outdoor with your yeah. art. What yeah. was that about? Because, you know, I'm not in London, so I don't know if that was something that they did for artists. How did you get to have yeah. an outdoor there so, on the streets um, of London? The same way that you got in touch with me, I DM'd a guy. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I know. So I saw this project was being done called Black Art Outdoors. Uh, mm. Black Outdoor Art, sorry. Um, and I just, I saw one of them in my neighborhood in East London. Mm -hmm. And it was a, an artist that I like. I haven't met her yet, but um, it had a little hashtag. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I had been making these drawings and I'd made these like graphic designs. Um, and I didn't really like think, oh, the next part of my practice is to go on a billboard. But mm -hmm. I'd been thinking a lot about scale and how to bring my work to a bigger scale and mm. what that might feel like and would I need to work differently and how do I, you know, in order to like solve that problem, I had to see it. Mm -hmm. So I literally sent a DM to the curator who was picking these designs out Amazing. and I sent him three designs and he was like, oh my God, I love these. We're going to mm -hmm. print them next week. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Amazing. Literally, so what happens you is... You know, people, have, people are afraid to just ask, right? People are so afraid to Because ask. what he could say, oh, not now or maybe later. Right. Or even if he ignores It's not going to change anything, right? <laughs> if he ignores it, I'm still alive. Like, it's not going to kill me, you know? And yeah. so many of the times, I think I've then sent his details to other artists. And there's a fear of, what if I fail? You know, that's the other fear, which... I don't listen to that a lot <laughs> because I'm learning all the time and I allow myself to be learning all the time. And I, you have to be humble where possible and kind guess, of say, well, we can't know it all. That is not just great for exposure, but like you can put in a resume there, right? Wow. I have oh, like sure. uh, art in the streets of London. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And from there you can you know, pitch to other kinds of venues that want maybe, you know, I don't know, restaurants, places that want a whole art on the wall, because now this For is sure. very, I don't know over there, but it's very in here. Um, yeah. Restaurants and places asking artists to paint and do murals or things like that. In yeah. Stores. Yeah. So a big part of it, like for me, was really speaking to the response to racial injustice. And I wanted to have work that isn't like isn't propaganda but still tells yep. you what i think mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. the thing with the paintings i felt like i could express myself and my inner journey and i could express the beauty of all of that and the richness of all of that but and also realize that well maybe other people when they see it will realize that oh actually everyone has this capacity for abundance yes. within them Yes. And I really wanted people to get that. And so I, when I made these, I mean, the first billboards that went up 
um, were like really very direct. You know, they were like about protecting black women, paying them, promoting them, and yes. like saying, "Well, there's a problem here, and we need to address it, and we need mm-hmm. to talk about it." Yeah. Um, and you know, my background, I studied politics with economics, so I want to mm-hmm. talk about the money. <laughs> you know? So I really wanted to bring all these into the into the work, and then I just made some more and brought my paintings into it, and that was the first time and I was just like oh my god I don't know if that will work you know um because I make paintings at a very intimate like person scale like Mm -hmm. I'm very involved in them so to see them at that scale I would need assistance I would need like a whole you know team to make work at that scale so it's made me even more ambitious yeah (laughs) um so I wanted to talk to you about a little bit about the part of the difficulties of an artist, especially for women. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just before we go to that, we didn't talk about the clay. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm very, I'm very curious about that. Um, I didn't screenshot any clay picture here, but you mm. can definitely find that at her website. Mm-hmm. So tell us about where that came from. Really um, wanted to have a new language. Um, so for me, painting and art, um, I'm not stuck in one area because I think that's, you know, this is the only way to express yourself. Um, I, I I see materials as also giving a different feeling. So mm-hmm. the paintings are very sensuous. They're very, yeah. they're bold, they're very mm-hmm. direct, but there's yes. a, a kind of closeness that they invite. Mm-hmm. Um, and with clay, it has a different gravity there's a a certain like heaviness that Mm -hmm. it holds that i wanted to and i was looking for a material that allowed for that and so after the passing of george floyd i didn't paint for like a month because i was so Mm -hmm. shaken but i also didn't feel like i could talk about what was happening there with what i was seeing you know with with my paintings like Mm -hmm it didn't feel like the right language. It felt like this was, yeah, it, I, I couldn't bring the, the difficult feelings on anger mm-hmm. that I felt into that. So um, I can't really remember, I'd started experimenting with clay, but I hadn't really, like I'd, I'd started to try and make these sculptural paintings, but I hadn't, they were still using flowers. I was still like trying to speak the same language mm-hmm. but with flowers. So right. after that, I, I took a month, didn't make anything. And then was in the studio realizing that there were so many ideas that I wanted to tie into one work. I wanted to talk about land rights and clay is a really interesting um, like relationship to land. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about like my Christianity. I'm Catholic. I'm brought up Catholic, and that's very important to me. But it's also linked to co- a colonial history. Yeah. Um, I For wanted sure. to talk about you know, like the financial benefits of seeing people one way or another. I wanted to talk about how like a lot of this looked like entertainment for people, and mm-hmm. it wasn't. I don't know. It 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 wasn't like people saw those who've been killed as, um, oh, I don't know what to say, um, as human beings anymore. It felt like they saw them more as, oh, that's a character, you know? 
Um, and so I really wanted to, to change that. Mm-hmm. And so the, the clay paintings really allowed me to put all that. So I made a layer of the clay mm-hmm. and then on top of it, I then started drawing in yeah. and then I drew. I know, saw that you I carved, added, you carved the shapes, right? And faces into it and like mm-hmm. crosses into it. And then I painted on top of that. Mm. And it's interesting. I'm really going to develop that work some more. I'd drawn on it and then I'd painted over and I used a very particular blue, the blue that you're talking about mm-hmm. that I like. I love this ultramarine blue. It's meant so many different things to me throughout um, my work so far. But in this context, I really added like a, a, a tone to it that reminded me of cobalt blue mm. and the way in which this mineral is mined and, you know, the tradition of painting of, of grinding down pigments right. to make the oil you know i wanted to have all these things within one work um but some pieces and, that i saw you left part of the clay in their raw color right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i think i'm i'm going to experiment some more with that mm, to see whether okay. i should cover the whole surface and um yeah, this artist that I, I really love, uh, Deborah Roberts, she's really popular in the US, um, very well collected, very well respected. I saw she was in London, and again, with the DMs, I, I, <laughs> she was here for Freeze, you know, the art fair, um, really important art fair in, in the UK. All galleries come from all around the world, all artists come from all around the world. And I saw she was in London on Instagram, and I was like, hey, um, I'm sure you're really busy, but if you're free, um, please come to my studio. I would love to share my work with you. And she was so kind, you know, she came around and she had some suggestions about the work and, you know, one really straightforward thing she said, a lot of, you know, new artists do is they stop at the border. Mm. And she was like, your work is so expansive. Like, paint right to the edge go right Mm -hmm. over so that it looks like it never stops Mm -hmm. and because and and i you know it sounds so simple and i'm like oh my god i hadn't thought of that and she's like it gives it just lifts you know many people don't think about that yeah yeah and 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 I, i mean i paint the edges but she was like keep the design going keep the 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 patterns going all across Mm -hmm. um and that made me think really differently about, you know, what I do and what I make. And so I, I really, I really appreciate conversations like this. And I appreciate conversations with her because I think as an artist, of course, there's work that comes from within you, mm-hmm. but it's from exchange. If you're not making it in a vacuum, I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you have to share the works eventually. Yes. Anyway. Yes. That's true, but it's such a, a unique concept. And again, uh, everyone, you can go to her website, but I'll put directions. She has uh, a link there just for the clay um, pieces. It's just uh, very unique. And I think you can you can for sure expand that to so many things with yeah. your colors. I think I can't yeah. wait to see what you come yeah. up with. Yeah. So <laughs> as we head out here to the last part, I would like so much mm. to talk with you because when I talk with Sukai, we talked about... Mm this thing of curating art uh, of black Mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's still today, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, when we see great women that, especially in expressionist art, 
they fought so hard to be in the middle of men, right? And there were just a few that you can count on one hand uh, that were brave enough to have their work out there. So how do you see uh, today, I mean, I know here in the U.S. things are a little different than in London. So how do you see today mm. the acceptance of black art and the female black art? Because there's mm. a difference. We already have issues of being female artists, right? Uh, because I think there are things for female artists that are not as set to us that are not set to men. Right? Mm. I think there is this thing of if a man says, oh, I'm a painter or I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, nice. And then you say, and they're like, oh, it's nice to have a hobby. Right. Right? <laughs> so not saying yeah. the hobby is a bad thing. No. But hobby is not a bad thing. The way people talk about hobby is what they intend is a bad thing. Because they're talking about hobby as something that is important. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. I don't think hobby is unimportant at all. But this is the, the way they say to you. So. Yeah. How is it over there? How it has been for you to expand your art and be out there as a, a black female artist in London? It's a really interesting time because on the one hand, it feels like there's a real um, renaissance happening um, mm -hmm. with especially African artists. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the other side of like within the UK and actually with as everywhere, this whole idea of blackness is so vast and, and, and it includes so much. So there's like black Caribbean, black African, yeah. black British. So all these um, different expressions, yeah. I feel like are much more visible now. This also happened in the 80s. There was a resurgence of black British artists in the 80s. They were collected by the museums, you know, shown a lot, but then those museums bought the work and then put it in the vaults and never showed it again. Mm. So it's very subtle, the ways in which work is just sort of brought into the system and like, oh no, we did our thing, we supported it, we, you know. Um, but then actually seeing like work constantly on show, constantly being reviewed, you know, um, being put in, in historical context, like these things are all really, really important. And so part of what I'm more optimistic about now is there's, easier ways for us to connect technology mm -hmm. again um sure. so we have to build our own spaces and also share opportunities in ways that might have been more difficult before mm -hmm. um we also have to i think um just find ways of really sustaining our work so um finding new and creative ways to support the work so things like artist pledges or like you know, um, the artist support pledge, which was really popular here during COVID. I think there are models that we can now take up that support us long term and not just for a moment to have, you know, a successful, you know, show. The other thing I think is people often want to have specific types of work. So not that much of my work has illustrations or mm -hmm. drawings of black people. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like people don't want to buy it because they can't be like, oh, I've bought a black artist. Look, there's a black face on this painting. I'm not, you know. And performative things like that, I'm aware of. And um, I can see how that can play out. But you it's see, I don't think it is people question that with uh, other kind of artists. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Um, I was talking with Sukai, and you guys can see that on the previous what uh, on the previous podcast. Um, is that I think there is this misconcept that black art has to be always political, first of all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, black art has to be always of drawings of black women or black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. But black artists are like any other artist. They can paint flowers. They can paint uh, abstract. They can paint whatever they want. But yeah. why I think society keep saying to black artists or Latino artists how you should do your art? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's because I think other questions are raised when artists like... If I'm talking about climate, I'm talking about wealth generation, I'm talking about capital, I'm talking about economics. These are conversations that people don't necessarily want to have, you know, and especially not from a black woman. So for me, those are exactly the conversations that I think are important to be more inclusive. And so it's it's the difference between having um, sort of superficially open and inclusive practices Mm. within museums and galleries to real depth of actually inviting people because you really care about their opinions you really care about their work and also everybody is so rich and complex as human beings as an individual Mm -hmm. of course you have a lot of different topics you want to talk about as well as your heritage as well as you know i'm not ashamed of being black i love that i love I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my culture. At the same time, I've also grown up in the UK and I'm really thankful for everything I've had from here. Yeah. You know, it's not that one is better than the other at all, but those exist together in me by default, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And yeah, and I I just, I just released an episode, um, that talks about my name of my business, Two Worlds. Yeah. Despite of having many people saying to me, this is a wrong name. It's the yeah. same kind of example you're saying. It yeah. is deep in me that I have these two cultures yeah. because soon here, in a couple of years, I'm going to have been living here more than I lived in my own country. Same. So it's, you have these both things yeah. and it's part of who you are. Yeah. But sure. do you think that after George Floyd event, um, something changed in kind of acceptance of black art or is the same or is was just in the moment? It was, it felt very superficial to me because there were a lot of statements that were put out, mm-hmm. but there's no like financial support. There's mm-hmm. no like space being provided for black artists to show work they want to show or for black yeah. curators to come and show what they want to show. Mm-hmm. So these are like the tangible things compared to PR statements. And for me, I really look at what are the actual actions? You know, how are you providing fellowships for training curators money to support living while you train? Because in the UK, and I know this is the case in the US because it's so expensive to study. If you want to study to be a curator, you have to ha- be able to work for free for many years. Yeah. And who can afford that? Mm-hmm. Certainly not people with my background. Yeah, it's um, it's the same thing in Brazil, like public, public universities yeah. um, are well known for just being for rich people because even though they're public, 
just rich people can be on the university all day long. Yeah. My husband was the only one poor in his, in his uh, academics because he was lucky enough to get a scholarship. Yeah. And he had, you know, side jobs, but yeah. he remembers going to the university. MA, I had two jobs. Yeah, he remembers going to university by bus while all his friends had cars and, you know. Jobs. <laughs> so I think when you were talking about the difference of black heritage, like, you know, it's kind of the same what happens here in the U.S. with yeah. Latin culture. Like, yeah, I am not Hispanic, but mm. I am a Latin, you know, Latina. Mm. But here they kind of put everybody in the Hispanic culture, one. especially Mexico. It's like everybody mm. speaks mm. Spanish is from Mexico and you have the heritage and you have the symbols mm. and you have the colors when mm. it's not. I don't even it's speak absolutely. Spanish. So right. it's... Um, <laughs> It's something that bothers me, yeah. And I know yeah. I talk about this all the time, people. I know. Sorry about that. But no, no, no. I mean, I, um, I don't think we talk about it enough. I mean, things like even artwork from our cultures is in the British because Museum, you feel you're I'm not like, represented, right? You feel yeah. you're not represented for sure. And for sure. what you were talking about also um, in the UK, I think you you call multi multi art. How do you call? Oh, multidisciplinary. Yeah, but here we call mixed media art. Okay. When, okay. George Floyd, <laughs> when George Floyd event happened, a bunch of things in the community of mixed media art started to like highlight black mixed media artists on their Instagram or do all the, there was this kind of thing and or people saying, I sorry I never thought about that or I didn't realize and I'm like just now? So like, it happened today. once. And yeah. it's been how many years and nothing else? Why? Yeah. It's something to me that it should be happening all the time. We should be highlighting exactly. artists. Now, yeah. not just black. Now let's highlight other people. Yes. That absolutely. you maybe didn't know. That, oh, I didn't find yeah. that they existed. <laughs> or they needed yeah. help. Oh, who who guessed that? <laughs> that they yeah. needed help. <laughs> I mean. You know? And, and that's one of the reasons that I'm so glad you came to the podcast because I, I'm trying to find people from other heritages and black people mm. and, you know, because um, I see a lot of, you know, podcasts about art and people just bring white artists. And, and I I'm also think bad like... about the host or anything. It's just that it's my job as a person that is an immigrant to talk about other cultures. And also like other ways of being diverse, you know, so like mm -hmm. there are artists who are neurodivergent, who are disabled in other ways. And like, and I think it's really important that we recognize yeah. that yeah. their and art I mean, has incredible value too. These, these things are really deep important because not just mm -hmm. I am a person here speaking with an accent in this country mm -hmm. and despite being an American, but I also have a son that is autistic, right? Which yeah. society sees as not able right because yeah. he's seen as disabled yeah. right yeah. which i'm not i'm okay because if he needs that label to have services that's fine yeah, but the problem is when society also yeah. thinks that he's disabled right so yeah. we have to take these things in account and keep talking about yeah. them because it's sometimes the people how oh, you always talk about your well it's my reality <laughs> and and it's also the reality of you know like we we can't only focus on a minority of artists by minority of artists i mean white artists are the minority mm -hmm. of artists there's so many other creators out there but do you think that also mm. let's talk a little bit about the black women right mm. do you think also the black women are they not like you like 
you go and DM people, you go and go for it. Do you think they feel like, uh, I'm a female black artist, I don't know if, do you think they feel a little I don't know, intimidated? I, th I think a little, a little, I think a little bit, yes. Um, I think you're right in that I've been very lucky in that when I have gone out, most of the time I get a response and, you know, um, I, it sounds arrogant, but I also think I've, I work hard and I work hard at my techniques, at my practice, at the, like the technical side of being an artist, as well mm -hmm. as the kind of the business side of like, you know, having we don't to have to be work. ashamed to talk about the work we do. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But for me, I, I get my confidence comes from I know mm. the work I've done. And also, mm -hmm. weirdly, I used to throw my paintings out. I used to just do them just for, like, myself. Mm -hmm. And a friend picked it out. Like, he, we lived in the same apartment block. He picked it out from the bin. And I went to his house for dinner. And I was like, what is this painting doing here? Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, this idiot doesn't know something beautiful. And they threw this out. And it, those <laughs> little things, <laughs> oh my God. you know, and he didn't know it was mine. Little things like that make me think well somebody else might want to see this and my yes. work is of service it's not yes. just a hobby it's not just vanity it's not you know it's because it's a service so yes. i feel good about taking it out but not i heard does. someone say one time i don't remember it's been a long time i never forgot that yeah. like we we should not keep our to offer beauty to the world yeah because it's somebody's a, it's, it's a gonna gift. see your work and think it's beauty yeah. Um, that's the last question here. Duty. Yeah. Last question here that I think we forgot to talk a little bit about is galleries. So, in regarding yeah. to what we were talking about, so how do you think galleries are accepting black artists? But that's, also, I think if you don't agree, yeah. also remember when we were talking about all this technology. Yeah. I think sometimes, even with COVID, I mean, today we have virtual shows and everything. I think galleries were forced. Yeah, to kind of think twice, and I hope they learned that yeah. lesson with COVID. Yeah, but I think still galleries are very like narrow-minded. Yeah. yeah, so but what don't... do you think about their acceptance of black artists? I haven't seen it increase and improve yet. Mm. You know, like I said about the statements, but mm -hmm. not the inviting artists to show work, and also the sales. I'm not yet seeing that. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I, they just don't want to represent me yet. But We'll see. Mm. I'm, I'm open to seeing that. And that's what I mean about like people really backing you and people yes. really, you know, most of my shows, I've been in five shows last month. Were, maybe one was in a gallery. The rest were in like wow. a library, in a co-working space, in, you know, other pop -ups spaces. that happen. Yeah. We yeah. show this, we call this here pop-ups. Yeah. Yeah. So there are more pop-ups and there's a difference in hmm. how art is seen when it's seen in a gallery and when it's seen in a pop-up so you know i i never i mean i'm an emerging artist i am a new artist mm. um i've been doing art all my life but you know as a as a person that sells art it's i'm relatively yeah. new but i don't know if i want to work in galleries i'm still thinking about that because i think yeah. they have very strict views of what art should be and they want a specific art and i don't and they think want we you should to be put... in this box yeah <laughs> and i don't think we should put labels in art yeah right even I here i live in palm beach there's a lot of art galleries but 
I don't know. When I see they don't being creative enough and doing different things, oh, and I've not yeah. seen the ones that I look to have diverse artists. I just see white people. I never saw a name that looked men, Lat especially, Hispanic, way, Latino. White men. Yeah. I've never, yeah. in the ones that I looked at the exhibitions that, you know, online, I never saw any artist with the name that reminds yeah. me of myself or you. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think they'll have to change. You yeah. know, the music industry had to change because demand was there. Mm -hmm. And so, and I mean, okay, fine. The behind the scenes of the music industry, you still have, you know, directors and producers are not always, you know, yeah. um, the same as the artists. Mm -hmm. But the music industry had to accept and change. And yeah. that's going to be the case, I think, for art as well. I really have to go. I've got my yes. deliveries waiting outside. Yes. Bokani, <laughs> I, I was going to, to end, but it was such a pleasure. I think we could be talking oh, here for hours you. about oh, this. Oh, we could right? talk again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would love to have you again and go deeper yes. on this on these issues. But yes, I please. thank you so much. And everybody, again, look at the notes and you can visit her, her at www.artbybocani.com. I'll for sure put in the notes. And as always, you can look later at the notes in my blog. But as I said, I am a mom. It takes time for me to do That's things. Okay. But so Bocani, I appreciate it. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much for the space. This is where it begins. Yes. connections thank you so much yes thank you so much for listening to the podcast i appreciate you listening to the podcast all the way here to the end and i would like to thank you so much and to help us spread the word about the podcast you can share on instagram and tag me i would love to share as well and take a screenshot and tell me what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast or leave us a review an Apple podcast. We really appreciate if you could do that. It really helps spread the word about the podcast. I will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Check episode notes at the number two, worldart.com slash blog. Connect with Jana on Instagram at Jana underscore two worlds. And make sure to receive our artful insights by signing up at bit.ly slash Join Two Worlds Art.